0: Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Todd and Taylor Show. I'm Todd A. I'm Taylor Trask. And this is, uh, we're going to call this Coffee and Kingsman, sort of. Not really. <laughs> I'm still <laughs> drinking coffee. It's still Sunday morning. Uh, we do certain podcast episodes, which we call Coffee and Comics. Um, and this morning, we were talking about Kingsman 2, the Golden Circle, uh, which I believe just came out this weekend, right? Uh, it, has, it hasn't been a week, has it?
1: It has been a week.
0: Yes. Oh, it has been a week. Okay, so we are capturing this like the second weekend of it. Yes. Um, and yes. and we'll release it promptly this this episode. So, you,
1: well, you, and let's and the only reason we're doing that is because I many of you out there who've listened to this, who know my Lord the Kingsman <laughs> might be like, you didn't see it opening night. No. And only the only reason is the same group of people who saw the first one with me were actually in town this last week. And I thought, what better way to see the second one than to you know, bring them out um, and actually yeah, go to the theater and kind of relive some of the magic of the first one. So that's what we did. We saw it on Thursday night and uh, I've had a few days to digest. So,
0: excellent i and i saw it uh yeah i saw it wednesday night
1: um of this week yes uh, then well you know in some ways that's actually good because i feel like especially movies like this it needs a strong second and third week audience so (laughs) you know even though i i freaking couldn't couldn't wait for this one being able to like throw my money into that second week pot actually feels a little good because it you know helps uh you know, helps pull it through. And, you know, the stronger the second week, the stronger the, you know, the, the life cycle and the the more money they're going to devote to, you know, other movies and things in the franchise. So I think that's so
0: you, yeah. So you as a fan feel like you are really helping them out by the second week.
1: (laughs) I do. Yeah. Because it's, again, it's, we've become such a front loaded movie culture as of late, where if that first week, you know, it's basically all things are pointed that first week and then all trailers and commercials just stop after that opening, opening weekend, it, it's bothering me a little bit because it's like, yeah, you want the excitement of, you know, a, a rabid group of people watching the same thing together. But I remember, you know, go back to the time from our youth when a movie was in theaters for three months and you'd still, you know, even a month after the fact would still see a trailer or two, um, you know, depending on the movie. So it's just, I kind of, I don't know, I kind of want to leverage whenever I can, you know, that to, a, to some degree. Yeah. Um,
0: Exactly. Well, I, let's just jump right into it. What were your first impressions of it? I mean, as you sort of front loaded here, you have mentioned Kingsman many, uh, many, many times, times. on, on the show. So um, well, I, I felt like we had to do a dedicated episode. Um, yeah. Go and
1: play the Todd and Taylor show drinking game and just take a drink every time <laughs> I mention Kingsman.
0: <laughs> you will be uh, wasted. But yes, yeah. first impressions. What, first what?
1: impressions. So I guess, it. and, and here's the, here's what we always have to go back to. Um, you can't just judge this movie as a standalone movie. You have to judge it in comparison to the first one um, because it's just—it's such the
0: that, sequel yeah, dilemma.
1: Exactly, exactly. And it's—and—and and some people may say, "Well, that's not fair. It should be, live and die on its own merits." I'm like, "Yes, and it—and it, and it can." But be, this movie, that first one, was such a special thing and was such a—a a departure from from what we're used to, but still, you know, was something that, that tried to harken back to a, a Roger Moore or even Sean Connery era James Bond, um, that it's, it, it, had, it had to work on so many different levels that the second one, you know, you, you have to judge it by those same standards. I would say, and, and what I've told, told people, if the first one on a scale of one to 10 was an 11, I would say this is a solid 8.5. Um, so again, great was was happy with it but didn't quite didn't quite capture what what the first one did for me and maybe that's just the fact that the first one was the first one and you only pop your cherry once um but I also feel like there are things that this one did that and, and we'll get into the details in a second but there are some there are some I would almost say even more logistical challenges that that hindered this one where the first one didn't have that problem um well that's overall, interesting because i
0: kept seeing a a headline you know i know it was just one publication that kept re-upping their article where it's their comment was uh the second one is is more a parody than a satire and i kept thinking well i didn't even think the first one was a satire yeah so i don't you know i felt like both of them you know the whole kingsman franchise was not necessarily a satire of of bond movies Uh, I just thought it was its own interpretation. So exactly. Yeah. Yeah,
1: Perfectly, perfectly said. Um, I, I think slinging around the words, anytime you hear like parody or satire in this regard, it's, it's just people grasping at straws, trying to sound intellectual when they're not. So, you know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't even go down that road. Like, it's not it it was very much its own thing and you and you can tell with most most matthew vaughn films matthew vaughn wants to you know even stardust for god's sake like he wants to do what he's interested in and at this point he's interested in in sort of homaging some of the uh, of the things that that he liked about the roger moore and, and connery bond movies but you know couching it in a modern context like you know doing batshit crazy things that you're like you know both in terms of the soundtrack but also the just the action sequences and stuff and so if you liked the first one if you loved everything about it you will like this one i would also say that if you were like so so on the first one or didn't get it you're not going to get this one at all so don't you know it's it, we've kind of hit that point where the true fans may proceed and everybody else is kind of left behind which is you know for for the franchise good because then they can always dip into that same pool but i think if you want to we we could go off on a side conversation about genre in general meaning like more and more i feel like movie, movies of this you know the big budget movies are built for the people who understand the IP, right? They understand what, you know, what it is, why they're going. And, and these are very much catered to, to those fans. So this Kingsman movie was catered to me. If you watch the first one and you like the first one, there are a lot of things, even throwback lines that I really liked, but also just character moments that are very much built on the foundation that that first one delivered. Um, A couple of things right out of the gate that I, that I found interesting. And this, this goes back to the logistical, logistical challenges. I wish the studio had not told us ahead of time in bright shining letters that Colin Firth was gonna be back in this one. I hmm. think if the if that wasn't the case and if they could keep that secret, which I kind of get at some point there were so many locations and production people that, you know, it was gonna get out sooner or later. So my guess was they're just like, let's just turn that into a selling point. Let's not even bother trying to keep that a secret. We'll just we'll sell the movie with him attached. Because there's going to be a certain demographic that are going to go if he's a part of it again. But if he hadn't, if they hadn't done that, there's a whole scene. And we're going to get a little spoilery. And this is in the freaking well, trailer. So this particular thing is in a spoiler. Yeah, but, we'll
0: try to save all those spoilers for after we get through uh, the, the intros and the and the sort of general story.
1: Exactly. But <laughs> this is clearly in the trailer. It's clearly yeah, it's in the trailers. Out there. There's a scene where Eggsy and Merlin... Are in sort of a bunker, and it it the the, the two way mirror flips, and they see Colin Firth's character shaving in the other room. Imagine how much how much more impacting that would be if we had no idea, right? And all of a sudden it flips on, and it's just like, wow, there he is! Like all of a sudden, yeah. like, the energy would be amped up. So I like little things like that. Another thing that kind of bothered me, and this I, I need to be careful because this does tread into kind of spoilery territory. Well, let me um, ask you a question
0: about that. How yeah. much of that do you think is do they? you mentioned that they might put that out there because they think there's a big portion of the audience that's going to go see a Colin Firth movie, but how much of it is just in this game of Thrones world in which we live in that if they tried to keep it secret, it would eventually come out, you know, are they just trying to short circuit that or is it?
1: Yeah, um, I I think, I think it was definitely, I think it was definitely that, but then I think the PR department's like, well, if we're going to do that, we might as well slather his name over everything. um, Yeah. It will help us sell the movie, honestly.
0: Um, And that's the other thing is that what's interesting about that is in those trailers, they, you know, you're right. Like we see that scene of them having the reveal of seeing uh, 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 Galahad Mm -hmm. and where I can, I could understand it if you say, okay, well, uh, Samuel L. Jackson is not in this film. And if we try to sell it without him and without Colin Firth, you know, who's going to go see it, but it's like, they didn't, they didn't bring up enough. Halle Berry, Channing yeah. Tatum, you know yeah. Pedro Pascal, who I didn't even know was in the damn movie. Jeff Bridges, basically Jeff Bridges. It's like, man, they could have just pushed this whole movie with those, you know, Julian Moore list. for God's sake. Yeah, Julian Moore. Oh my God. Um, yeah, I don't know why they they were sort of the secret, you know, yeah. like they, yeah. they were the the subtle um surprises. Uh, I, anyway, um, sorry. So so. Without getting too spoilery, what was your uh, your <laughs> other notice?
1: Well, the other big thing, and they've they've admitted this, so this isn't like a speculation, speculative thing. This this is true. the The role that Pedro Pascal is playing was meant to be the other half of Channing Tatum's role. And so Channing Tatum was cast to be this kind of fully formed character. Yeah. And his scheduling Channing Tatum's scheduling got in the way. (laughs) So like halfway through either production or, or through the, uh, the, 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 you know, even pre-production, they had to go, okay, well we still, and Channing Tatum definitely wanted to be part of it. So they're like, okay, we'll film this stuff, but then to accomplish the rest of it, we're going to cast Pedro Pascal on his best Burt Reynolds impression and throw him in like, you know, the second half. So, there's a there's a disjointed thing that kind of f- you feel where you're like okay we don't really get to m- know Channing Tatum's character as much as we should. We yeah. don't really get to know Peter Pascal's character as much as we should. And right. yet the th- especially on the on the on Whiskey side who Peter Pascal plays, there's something that happens that you're like oh and and it's fun but you're like this would have meant more if it had been the same character all the way through, if that thread had been, you know, spooled all the way through. So right, you know, I right, right. I feel like that if that had been a little bit more solid, it, it would have felt a little tighter. Um, So you kind of see like.
0: That's I, so interesting. I, I didn't know that. And yeah, when we hit our spoiler section, I will bring up something there because that that's a really big deal.
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And so it's like I think I feel like this movie kind of suffered a little bit from the you know, we got to do a sequel. It's got to be bigger. It's got to be, yeah, you know, yeah. but but we still have to do some of the things, things from the first one. So it kind of, I don't want to say it was bloated because it wasn't, I mean, yeah, the first one was bloated by that, by that standard. Like, and that was what made it so fun. Right. So there's not like, you know, I think just packing as much as you can in is, is kind of par for the course now in this, in this franchise, but there were some things that I'm like, man, if they had just kind of gone the simpler road, we, it would have felt a little cleaner. Well, that's, um, you know? that's
0: super interesting, too, because i um I didn't feel like they this movie did not feel to me like they were trying to go bigger, like do that second movie that sort of, you know, blows out the first one. Mm-hmm. Um, and I say this is like someone who m- mostly enjoyed the first one, but is definitely not like as huge a fan as you are. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've only seen it once. Uh, and I, so I'll just back up and give my first impressions, which were, I, I actually think I enjoyed this one more than the first. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and again, that could be just the sort of, uh, uh, you know, d- the non super fan watching it, but it almost worked to me on the first one introduced the, the you know, the, the characters of Kingsman to me. Um, and I just, and as I've tried to pick this apart this week and why, why did I enjoy this more than the first one? I really think it boils down to, I really disliked Sam Jackson's character oh. in the first one. And in fact, I like, I, I think that guy's brilliant. I love so much of his work, but he is just in too much stuff for me. Like I, I, I didn't care to, to have him in the original Kingsman. Now, I, I wish quite- that had been a different actor.
1: It's funny you say that because he was one of the highlights of the first one for me, right? right. Like knowing, going into it, knowing he was in it. I was actually hesitant too. Cause one of the best things right. about the first one is that I went in with maybe a trailer and, and barely, uh, barely anything else. Like I knew who was I in could- it. This is just a
0: great, this is a great irony too. Yeah. So sorry to interrupt. And so
1: it's like, so, and so no, but I went in, so it was one of the first times in a long time that I went into a movie, not knowing the whole plot ahead of time via spoilers or just my own research. It was just like, Holy crap. Like it just kind of washed over me. Um. And, but going into it, I was like, man, Sam Jackson's a villain. Really? But he, what he You're you're the same initial feeling
0: as, as I did, which is like, man, we see this guy in everything.
1: All the time. Yeah. It's like, it's like, I mean, kind of a, as a counter example he is in that um miss peregrim's school of peculiar children oh, movie that no. came out last year he's freaking in it and it's like it could have been any other british actor but they freaking put sam jackson in it with a british accent it's just like really like that's an example where that falls completely flat on its face in kingsman one he not only is does he do this thing with this character and i'm not even talking about the lisp which didn't bother me at all um, but like just the what he did with the character and his like you know his squeamishness around violence and the fact that he has this kind of putting Sophia Butella in as his sort of henchman sidekick was brilliant because there was this kind of like father-daughter, but also are they dating? Like you never really knew the relationship. Creepy. Yeah, and so it's but so there's like this crazy like, did he adopt her, and he, you know, because she was disabled, or like, what was it? Um, but they never explained it, and they didn't have to, and it just sort of that intrigue was was part of it. And just, I don't know. There's a lot about what he did that Julianne Moore was completely fine. Like, what, Julianne that, Moore did everything that she was supposed to do with that role. I just think that Poppy as a character wasn't quite as fleshed out as Sam Jackson's, well, you know, in that regard.
0: Yeah, I agree with you there. And what I think is so interesting about this irony is that you you are a huge fan of this first movie. And you went in really pure. And then I have this totally weird experience of, um, I think it was even in Hall H. I think we went into Hall H at San Diego Comic-Con the year this came out, the first one to see like the Kevin Smith panel or something. And we just walked in at the time where the Kingsman panel was starting because there's this thing of like once the big huge you know marvel and dc and sony panels are done Mm -hmm. everybody leaves and you can kind of just walk in to hall age yeah and they'll see and you don't have to leave they don't clear it after every panel so Mm -hmm. we we just kind of like suffered through you know we were like whatever we'll just see whatever's here first Mm -hmm. and then we'll see kevin smith and um because i think that's what was going on and and so it's like you know uh Colin Firth and <laughs> Matthew Vaughn and Sam Jackson walk out and we're like what the hell is this movie <laughs> and he showed some clips and they specifically showed that sort of first scene where you um you know the bar you, uh the one where they like kill the professor or whatever oh yeah the, um, the
1: opening sequence
0: is that the opening of the movie um, basically
1: well, well no the, i mean after the opening cool. credits it's like at, it's in the mountain chalet where um yeah, yeah, yeah. the mountain chalet scene. pirates of the caribbean is like an agent and he comes in and everything
0: yeah so that's what they showed and i i at the time i was like what i gotta see this this is amazing yeah. you know yeah. and then when it came out i just didn't really bother and then when i um I finally watched it uh, at your house i was um that was when i finally sat down and kind of absorbed the Sam Jackson character. And actually it's fun. That's another funny part of the story too, is that we started watching one morning when I was uh, hanging out with you and I had to get on a plane and we didn't get to finish it. And so I came home and finished it. And uh, it might've just been that break where like, I remember watching the end of it and being like, I hate Sam Jackson. This is driving me crazy. (laughs) Oh man. Maybe if I just sat down and watched it all in one, actually, maybe if I'd gone and seen it like opening weekend, Yeah, I would have turned out into such a, uh, you know, as big a fan as you are. But anyway, sorry to (laughs) sorry to derail us there.
1: All important context. Uh,
0: Let's start with that. Let's talking of opening scenes, the opening scene of this. We got to talk about because we can talk about it in a non spoilery way of I feel like. It doesn't matter what your impression of Kingsman is. You got to see this opening scene.
1: Yeah, (laughs) it it is the first time. Cool. Well it was cool in in terms of the execution but like let's let's just get this out of the way the first time i think since Batman 1989 that a prince song has been used in a freaking movie <laughs> that like to this degree like and prince songs have been used in movies before but very very sparingly and usually not the hits so all of a sudden there's this whole sequence um, kind of at, with the same intensity of the church sequence from the first one, but freaking let's go crazy is playing yeah. in the background and it, in an organic way. Like it's really fun, which is great because if you remember the first one opens with, um, dire straits money for nothing while like a, you know, a, a helicopter rolls across the desert. So right off the bat, the first one's like, Oh, this is going to be fun. Like we're going to yeah, yeah. really lean into this. And again, in the first one too, there's that amazing se- uh, last, uh, final fight sequence, um to freaking casey and the sunshine's band um give it up right so like the movie has already established itself as it's like oh yeah we're gonna show we're gonna play your favorite hits while we show you cool stuff and so kingsman 2 opens with exactly that
0: and it, what's so great is so it's a it's a uh, it's so many things it's a it's a fight in a car yep uh, in egzy's car um racing uh, down with, with,
1: the london streets
0: with uh, and okay uh, uh, you know slight but, spoiler here slight. well we, no actually
1: a pretty pretty big spoiler honestly cuz it's not that clear in the trailer that that's who this is but
0: oh let's... gotcha um but it, it but it's not a big character but it's a character who's in the first that we have presumed dead mm-hmm. who's come back in this um you know enhanced state with a robotic mm-hmm. arm and and I love the way that they that it's sort of naturally shown where he's typing on the computer in the back and in the midst of the fight like the fight starts and they they punches the music and so that's where let's go crazy comes in mm-hmm. Is like it is actually the natural sound in the car mm-hmm. as this fight's going on and um you're right it does have that intensity of the church scene in the first movie i think what makes it cool is it's really just about the two-person fight
1: yeah and yeah so
0: it's not one of those expansive kingsman fights which we will get later where mm-hmm. you know a handful of people are taking on like hundreds <laughs> of people yeah um but it's just these two guys slugging it out in the back of this car. And at moments it was like uh, a Jason Bourne, like real physical, like kinetic fight. But then you're just kind of put on notice, like, Nope, this is going to be Kingsman crazy. And, you know, um, you probably will not like this description but as i was watching it i went oh king'sman makes so much sense to me it is the english fast and furious
1: oh interesting <laughs>
0: not not so much because of the car or whatever but because um on uh how did this get made the podcast uh one of the they they always have adam scott on to discuss the fast and furious movies and i one of them one of the hosts in r- discussing one of the fast and furious said they're superhero movies about superheroes with no powers Mm -hmm. and in that fight um i was like yeah that's what it is like you know they don't have superpowers Mm -hmm. but it's basically a superhero movie where you know he's the you know the, the door of course gets knocked open of the car and they're you know uh pushing each other out trying to you know and the way they each hold on um while they're being pursued by the you know these like basically tanks with like machine guns and stuff how that all happens is so unrealistic and unbelievable and stuff, but that's what makes it fun. It's well, like
1: there's it's a lot you can see where you can see movie. where we are with CGI, right? Because so many of those sequences, especially oh, yeah. where the camera pans way out and you kind of see the the overhead of London streets. All that CG. Oh, yeah. But it's it was sequenced in such a great way, you didn't you either didn't notice or didn't mind. And it, it really kind of added to the intensity of the uh you know, and again, you saw none of this is is out of place. You all you saw some or, or a lot of the right, same right, right. techniques in the first one. So it it was very much a like like, hey, it was almost like just a reassurance, like to the fans, like, hey, if you thought that we'd be going in a different direction, rest assured, this will be exactly what you were expecting. You yeah, know? with freaking Prince. I mean, yeah. that had to set them back like five million dollars. <laughs> I mean, that,
0: that, that ain't cheap. I mean, honestly. I kind of wonder if that's why we haven't heard Prince songs to score scenes so much is because it, maybe he wouldn't license them. And he wouldn't. Now, no, that's that's a so, known. thing. So after his death, they, yep. his estate is licensing them now.
1: Yep, yep. Well, but they're doing it great use it's great news but it's it's even greater that kingsman is like the first one out of the gate to really take advantage of that like that's i mean that was as that was as sort of unsu- as, as surprising and as awesome as the as thriller and that stranger things trailer. yeah you know where it's just like holy crap they got and again warner brothers they're probably like yeah you, you can have it for like 10 million dollars i mean it's, it was probably pretty pricey but it's it's cool and you know let's be honest like there's a whole other side argument to like should you know should a should that happen to an artist who's passed away? And I'm like, with a song like that, which is so much ours, I mean, it's, it's so much part of the public's consciousness as it is just his own creation. Yes, it's time to let that out of the catalog and, you know, put it with some movies and let's move on, you know?
0: It was, yeah, it's, like I said, watch that scene and you will awesome. be hooked into the movie, I think. So Um, with that, like, let's try to describe the story like do you want to can you give an overview of that like what's yeah. the story of this movie
1: as, a, and, as and again we're, we're gonna do spoilers in just a moment but like this the main crux of the movie is uh julianne moore's character is named poppy and she is a uh the uh ceo essentially of the biggest drug cartel in the world and she has over time felt really sort of uh disenchanted with the whole thing because she's stuck in her like base and Nicaragua, or you know, somewhere in South America, you know, in some ruins, she's mad that like she's not taken seriously as a business leader, as a CEO, and she wants to basically force everybody's, you know, force the hand of everybody to to allow her illegal drugs to become legal, so she can be a legitimate businesswoman and go on and so forth. Uh, standing in her way, obviously, are Kingsmen, and so she goes to great lengths to to put them out of out of their misery. Um, and her whole the whole kind of movie hinges on her plan, which is to infect. Um, you know, basically take the drugs that she's put out there and, and hold every drug user hostage um, unless she's legit, unless all illegal drugs are legitimized. And so Eggsy and and uh, the team have to stop it. Um, do I do, how much do we go into the Kings? Well, at some point, something happens to the Kingsmen causing Eggsy and Merlin to team up. They come to America yeah. um, and and seek the help of the Statesmen, which are sort of a, 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 at one point, you know, a group of, of rich Americans, um, you know, uh, had a contact with Kingsman and had the I got the idea from like one of the Kingsman tailors. So they set up their own branch under the uh under the guise of a whiskey distillery called States yeah. Whiskey, which is kind of funny. And they I, you know, I did and, I did like all of that. <laughs> that was I mean, that was fun. Right. It was it, it was, was corny as it was. It, it was. was a little bit home alone too lost in New York. But at the same time, you know, it worked, you know, for what it was, it worked. So it's like, they, they come here and then that sort of sets the main story in motion. Um, yeah. and then, yeah they, everybody's trying to stop poppy and, and yeah, again, once, once that sort of is put in play, it's very reminiscent of the first one where, you know, just like a James Bond movie, the, the, the quirky villain has like a, a master plan and you know, the, the agents have to stop them and it's, Really not more complicated than that, but right. there's all this other. What is complicated is that there's all these wonderful little character moments that happen that are super organic to the story and and really make good use of those actors. And I was really really pleased with that. I guess let me let me throw something out there that's kind of spoilery, but not really because she's in the the trailers too. One of the things we see right off the bat is, uh, and it it was especially cool because it was such a throwaway. It was a funny moment, but it was a throwaway moment for the first one. If you recall in the first one. Uh, after Exe saves the world, he and Princess Tildy um, unite in her cell, and, and there's a really fun little, little kind of, kind of crazy moment. Well, Princess Tildy ends up being a major character in this one. She and she's Exe's girlfriend, and like they're seriously dating. And it was like really fun to see it. It, yeah. it was a non-James Bond thing to do, right? Like in any other James oh, yeah. Bond movie, that girl would have, you would never see her or hear her again. And she's right, just, right maybe mention like haphazardly in like a throwaway line or something in a future movie.
0: Yeah. It would be like the Royal Navy has to come rescue her from the, this dirty, you know, secret agent. Who's
1: exactly, you know, he's got
0: her on a boat and is having his way with her or something. Exactly. Exactly. It was was like a legitimate three dimensional relationship. Like I genuinely cared for both of those characters. That was great.
1: (laughs) He goes and meets her parents for God's sake. And like, and there's a bunch of moments throughout the movie where she grounds him. Like, um, yeah there's uh, well uh, should we just call spoilers now so we can get into no the- no no let's let's okay. let's push All through right.
0: this let's talk All about right. cast and everything <laughs> yeah because i really want it to be like i uh i really think you know if you're interested in this kind of thing you ought to go see the movie and, and go Definitely. In as, as Definitely. pure as possible I'd, uh, so yeah well let's add that to our spoiler section though yeah um, yeah but uh, i you know as we mentioned before um or i'll let you add it to the spoiler section and i'll vamp a little bit okay um As we mentioned before, one of the great things is this cast of not only Tildy, but um, all the statesmen that we, you know, we already sort of named Jeff Bridges and Channing Tatum and um, uh, Pedro Pascal. Uh, They, it it was, I don't know, it was, it was just, it was a very rich cast and it was different enough from the first, like the only thing that felt a little forced to me was why the American involvement, but mm-hmm. once they were involved, well, actually, no, that's not true. The way they got to America, I, I just thought all oh, that was great. It was only in the sort of concept of like, why do they need to team up with them? Mm-hmm. But then they end up not really, uh, it it, 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 you know, it ends up being, um, it's not like two teams getting together, you know, mm-hmm. it's much more like when Felix Leiter would go help James Bond. Yeah. That's yes. what I thought was cool. It's just that we happened to see some of the administration, um, Merlin gets to team up with Halle Berry, uh, whose codename is Ginger Ale. The, all the statesmen have drink names. Um, uh, Jeff Bridges being called Champagne, I thought was a little ridiculous, but I like that he's like, ah, but just call me Champ.
1: Yeah, um,
0: uh, but uh, at Pedro Pascal, we, I mean, as again, we have got a, min- we already mentioned, but l- <laughs> dude, I, he looks so much like Burt Reynolds who yeah. with this corny mustache. Um, Even the this, attitude I mean it's like yeah, I was, yeah. and I was expecting like, to
1: start Like chewing oh, on gum yeah. Like Norm Macdonald From those SNL sketches Exactly like, He just He had the the demeanor Everything And I don't that had to be planned, right? That had to be like, "Hey, we really want you to do your best, Burt Reynolds," and we're, you know, we're just going. Oh turn yeah,
0: in. well, definitely because then when they go to the um, the ski resort, which you know, there's like a, a plot thing um, where they're at the, the ski resort and they've got him in like the ski pants that, when they're unzipped at the bottom, look like bell bottoms. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And he's wearing a cowboy hat and he's got this corny mustache. and <laughs> It's just, but, but he does such a good job in that that when we discuss in the spoiler section about Channing Tatum's role, uh, that's where I just can't even believe it because yeah. Pedro is like his own dude in this movie. And it is yeah. awesome. Um, He's really the only one. I could just talk about him for the rest of the episode. He was so good. But um, should we hit some non-spoiler favorite moments? Like, what's yeah. one of yours?
1: I think that opening sequence, definitely. You oh, know, because yeah. that really put, put me in the mood. You're like, okay, here we go. Um I would think, honestly, anything involving Colin Firth's character was just magical. Like, that dude... I mean, he brought he brought a level of acting and sort of sincerity and earnestness to a character in a, in a ridiculous movie, right? Where it's like, everything is over the top. Everything is just like amped up. Here, here are these like really nice, personable little intimate character moments that just shine like crazy. And it's all Colin Firth. And he just, I mean, and he he does that thing that kind of Tom Hanks does where he just brings out the best in everybody who's around him. Yeah. So all, immediately like Eggsy's acting goes up. Uh, Mark Strong's acting goes up. There is a... I would say equally anything involving Mark Strong, like anything involving oh, Merlin. I love that guy. Yeah. Uh, and there's some spoilery moments we'll get into, but like, I would say anything involving those two, just absolutely fantastic. I love all of that. I,
0: am I wrong in that Merlin and Mark Strong, Mark Strong's character Merlin was, uh, I mean, he was a huge part of the first one, absolutely. but I didn't, I didn't feel for him as much in the first one as in this one. And I know it's just that there's a lot of bonding between him and Eggsy, yeah. but I, you know, he was just given a bigger role in this is my impression i mean maybe he was just as huge in the first one but
1: he he was big but he was big from a more utility player sort of standpoint yeah he was
0: just like a a cool q and yeah exactly this one it's it's like if q is made an agent you know
1: exactly the thing that mark strong does in every movie he's in though is that he ups the charm factor by like 10 or 20 percent because it's just like You watch a scene with any other actor and you're like, that was fine. But with Mark Strong in it, even if he's not asked to do much, the way he he just does something with his characters where you're just like you kind of feel endeared to him, even if he's not driving the story. You're just like, I like this guy. Like, I really want more with this guy and I want him to to succeed. And everybody, I want everybody to like him. You know, it's just it becomes he does that and he does that again in this one. But they take really, really good advantage of that right? Oh, for sure. I'll tell
0: you one of my favorite moments um, is uh, without, without spoiling anything about it. There's a amazing bar fight scene in the first one. Mm -hmm. And there's a parallel to that. in This one that uh, shows off Pedro Pascal. And it's like one of those things where in just the, you know, couple of moves, you learn so much about that character specialties and stuff like that. And the way it's done is with this, like, humor but also this like you know just the i don't know just those moments between mark strong and uh Eggsy, who's the actor who portrays him i have no idea what his name is and Colin Egerton. those three guys like in that bar scene just like it's like they just bond while yeah. you're also watching this amazing action scene um and then honestly like we already mentioned uh, so many of my favorite scenes were just with tildy i thought yeah yeah so much of that was like just so well done um just every everything about it was cool, you know. Uh, watching Eggsy and Tildy hang out with like you know his mates who were uh, you know basically in like the public housing kind of you mm-hmm. know or at least like a kind of dingy apartment, and then going from that to having dinner with her parents in the castle. Uh,
1: Did you yeah. notice, by the way? I'm glad you brought that up. So like something I I kind of noticed in that sequence. It's almost like they're painting Exy like, it, and he even does it with his voice. Like when he's Exy, he's dressed as Exy, oh, yeah. his voice oh, is yeah. that. And then when he's Galahad, and he puts on the suit. He almost affects a different, more sophisticated accent. And like Tildy knows his secret identity. Yeah, which is kind of cool. And they don't—they're not explicit with that. Like, which I appreciate. They like no one comes on screen and, like says that. But it's like it was—it was just cool seeing her hanging out in his like, you know, in his in his like secret identity layer. You know, it's like this, yeah me but she knows he's this other crazy superhero kind of like figure
0: and presumably like his friends know he's dating like the princess of sweden or whatever
1: yeah exactly Exactly. but
0: no and actually that was that was something um i love that we're talking about this because it's making me enjoy all these moments even more um i think that was something that kind of bothered me from the first movie was feeling like uh They didn't, I I don't know. I think they did a good job of it in retrospect, but just my experience watching the first movie, I felt like I'm just not going to buy this guy as this Kingsman. And I I always, you know, I just didn't like that. It's like this whole idea of like, you got to dress up and act proper and stuff like that. I just didn't like it. Like you didn't want him to
1: become that completely. Right. Yeah. And
0: and there's a moment at the, at the, you know, without again, no spoilers, but there's a moment at the end of this between uh, Exe and Galahad where I, I, it all connected for me Mm -hmm. at the end of the Kingsman two, And that I think made it worth it. Like sort of in that whole character journey of like, ah, I get it. Like it's connected now, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, and yeah, I, yeah, but you're right. That's uh, it's, uh, that what that actor does when he's, you know, talking to his friends versus the way he acts in the Kingsman suit is, it's really well done yeah Um, let's talk about like because we can talk about this without spoilers um the franchise from here yeah you know
1: Uh, i don't think we can talk about that without spoilers Honestly. okay
0: well then let's say it this is the spoiler alert section big flashing sign uh it don't proceed if you have not seen kingsman 2 or if you don't want to go in like just being totally spoiled but we're going to talk about all the All the all the spoilery stuff right now. So go away. Come back to this.
1: Boom. (laughs) Spoilers. So so Channing Tatum. Let's start with that.
0: Oh yeah, I love this because I didn't realize that. And there's this. So he goes into a coma like immediately. Yeah. And I'm like, what the fuck? Why would you hire Channing Tatum and then literally just
1: put him in a coma? Right. It's a little shocking. Well, and and part of me kind of kind of harkened back to. hateful eight where i was like well channing tatum and spoilers spoilers channing tatum and hateful eight has a as a significant but very minor role so i'm like well maybe it's like that where they brought him in um, yeah yeah
0: if he had died it would have made sense but it was like no they just like they keep cutting back to him just lying on a bed
1: (laughs) yeah 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 yeah. it's it's interesting well it's and uh hang on a second here there we go but it's it's you meet him, like, so he's the one that sort of, you know, when when Exe and Merlin are trying to break into Statesman headquarters, he's the one that they meet first. And he sort of intercepts them. And then he's the one that actually shows them Colin Firth. So right away, you kind of get a sense of him. And then, like, you don't get to see him anymore. And then all of a sudden, he, it's almost like everything he would have done is handed off to Pedro Pascal. So it makes sense that, okay, that his part was split. And I even think that, like, you know, uh, later on when he's infected and he's doing, you know, he he progresses to stage two. You know where he's dancing right. uncontrollably. Like I honestly think that was that scene was just going to be some random agent of statesmen like dancing in the hallway. So they're like, okay, we got to give him something. So like all of that in the script, let's shift that to Channing's char- character. Um, and it, I I bring all this up and I said that when you asked if if you know how we where the franchise goes from here, I really think the scheduling stuff with Channing Tatum has changed considerably where the franchise is gonna go. Because if mm. you think about if if Whiskey's character was supposed to be both of those guys at once, Channing Tatum would have died at the end. So yeah. the fact that he's now in London, you know, potentially as part of Kingsman, yeah. that changes. And I almost think that they did that because like, okay, man, we didn't get you in, you, we couldn't get you in the full time this time. So we're gonna you're gonna be in the third one in a much more major capacity. Yeah. Um so it's interesting that that happened. I honestly though I think if if Whis- what they should have done, Whiskey should have been Pedro Pascal from the beginning and not split up. I think that would just would have been so much cooler. And Channing Tatum could have showed up later on in another in another capacity. Right. Um, I just, I really feel like you you nailed it. Like, Pedro Pascal was so great and you wanted to know more about him. And yeah. he almost like kind of fit that. And
0: you, that was one of the cool things is that they have that like uh, little girlfriend or the wife moment or the girlfriend or whatever and his kid. It's like, yeah, uh, you yeah. end up retro you know actively learning all about his character and really feeling for him
1: Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. (sighs) and so it would just it would have felt more and he's like older than Taron Egerton so would have had a little of that Colin Firth vibe where he's you know the American guy trying to show him the the ropes and everything only to betray him at the end like I just and it's it would have made that moment too where you know Colin Firth shoots him and he's like what the hell were you doing like you know his his one you know his kind of new you know uncle is being shot by his old uncle. You know, just it would have had more resonance if that had been a, a thread that they pulled all the way through. So again, it worked fine enough, but it would have had that extra special feeling if they had made it. You know, if they had found a way to, and it, it's tricky, right? Because you don't want to cut Channing Tatum entirely. You want to, you know, that's that is if you're if you're the PR team, you're like, we need him in the the trailers and the posters. But what do you you know what do you do? So I think. I think where we go from here is you you put him in it more, you, you make sure his schedule is completely cleaned out. And then you just yeah. really try to lean into something that's a little different from these, these first two movies. You try to find a, a narrative arc. That's a little left of center that you wouldn't expect if you're a fan of the, of the well, franchise.
0: And they could have, you know, that comedy of like when, when a Channing appears, he is so um, I, I don't really think it's, too over the top but it's it's on the edge there yeah like a a southern caricature you know he's definitely doing his best
1: impression which since he's not (laughs) going to make that movie it's like might as well get it out of your
0: out of your system (laughs) um and so there there's definitely some like comedy bits of you know at the end of of this movie we see him in full kingsman attire even with the bowler hat walking into the kingsman tailoring service um I, I definitely think uh, there's moments of comedy of him trying to, it, it, he's going to be worse at pretending to be an English gentleman than Eggsy. Yeah. You know? Definitely. And so be, between the two of them and Colin Firth, that's pretty rich, like comedic ground, you know? Yeah. So uh, I'm at least hopeful that they, they can really make something of that. Um, yeah. that That's, it's great to hear that explained that that was, you know, he was originally <laughs> supposed to be one character, but um I, you know, again, I wouldn't want to be without Pedro Pascal's character. That was just right. Perfect. I know
1: that right. that was like, they, they really made the best of a, of a tight situation. If you think about it too, originally, uh, Taron Egerton was having scheduling problems cause he was going to shoot Robin hood first. And they're like, we need, we need you for this. So they actually had to negotiate with the Robin hood production crew to start later so that they could get Taron Egerton in, in this, which I mean, this movie probably would have been another year or two delayed had that happened or not happened rather.
0: Um, so I don't know. There's honestly the, the, uh, yeah, I, they they could have gotten rid of Channing's uh, role in this one, and you know the one I was more disappointed with was Halle Berry. I felt like yeah. was really kind of shoehorned in this. Really um, didn't
1: need her. Gr- well, it, 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 there's another sort of one of my other qualms about this movie is that I wish the statesmen weren't note for note exactly like Kingsman.
0: Yeah, yeah. I wish there it's was exact something like a, a little different.
1: Yeah. Like even Jeff Bridges around the table, like just give me. And, and we were talking about this after the fact, like it It strains credibility to think well, in a movie like this, it's kind of a weird thing to say, but like it does strain credibility to think, okay, it wasn't like you guys worked side by side for fifty years and then split up right, like, you right. we were influenced by this one guy, so show us what the American version would have looked like had it you know not known Kingsman was the way it was, like what would the Americans have done differently? You know, right you have seen it's just the fact that, that they had literally a Merlin character wearing the same glasses who yeah. just happened to be a woman was like, well, okay, but Honestly,
0: that was like, that's, that's maybe where that line about being parody, not satire comes from, because that's where it becomes like a parody of eighties movies, eighties spy movies where that's exactly what would have happened. (laughs) Like there's two mirrored spy agencies, but I'm with you. Like there's no shortage of crazy details in Kingsman. They could have just dumped in a bunch more crazy details. I mean, like, this is how the American crew runs and it's different. I mean, we got some of that, but yeah, you're right.
1: But maybe that's, but then you have to also ask, like, maybe the intention was we want to be that, we want to be that sort of parody. Like we, that's part, that's the trope we're going to lean into. So of course we have to make them exactly like Kingsman. So it's, it's that fine line, right? Of like, we want to homage this stuff. We want to sort of be meta, you know, meta and referential, but we also want to be our own thing. There's a lot of different things this has to achieve. So I, I always go like, you know, if I ever have a complaint with something, my, my first reaction is, well, what would I, what would I do differently? How would I? And a lot of times I have like a, a really great um, sort of scenario, but sometimes I don't, sometimes I'm like, I don't know. I just, yeah, there's something else. And in this case, it's it's one of those things too. I'm like, well, what would I have done differently with the Statesman? I don't know.
0: I think, right? a, yeah, the only problem they have is that there were certain things where like the, you know, the Kingsman movies are so wild um, just visually and, and, you know, storytelling and all the details in them. And I, I think what hurts them is when they, they do rely on those, Tropes because what happens then is we're able to predict stuff, you know, and like you're, able. I mean, you're, you see it from miles away that Halle Berry is going to replace Pedro Pascal of Mm -hmm. like, you know, there's like a, it's planted in this conversation with Merlin. And then at the end, like there's this weird little, you know han solo luke skywalker kind of honors ceremony where she puts herself <laughs> forward to get you know a medal hung on her neck by princess leia it's like yeah dude, what i, I just it, it you know that that to me is like i wasn't disappointed in it or anything i just saw it coming
1: yeah um, yeah
0: and i well that, she didn't do yeah.
1: anything to earn it right like we never see her being right whereas we never merlin? see her do cool things like she's yeah. just hanging out with merlin the whole time i'm like well does she really know how to, like does she know what she's doing like i don't right she's
0: always behind the scenes Merlin we see in the action Mm -hmm. so if they had come to him and said you know we're rebuilding the Kingsman and you are going to be a full field agent it would have made sense
1: well what I and and what I thought was going to happen and and I I saw the telegraphing of Merlin's death coming I didn't want it to happen yeah um the way they did it was the classiest most amazing thing they could have ever possibly done um but I thought once it happened I'm like okay, so Halle Berry's going to be recruited over to be the Merlin of Kingsman. Now, like that's, right. I thought maybe they'll give her, she'll like, you know, you get to be this over here. Um, cause I just, I felt like that conversation where she's like, yeah, whiskey always voted me down. And the fact that it's, you know, a bunch of American dudes, I thought, well, where this is headed is that she really has no future here. So they'll bring her into the you know, the reconstituted Kingsman yeah. to, to take on Merlin's role. so I don't know, there's a bunch of ways that could have happened. It was a little yeah. awkward. I don't, had I done it again, I wouldn't have had her character exist at all. You know, it's like, if you're going to ha- cast Halle Berry, don't she's capable of more than just that. Yeah. You know? it, was, it, was little, <laughs> it was a little stunt. I honestly like, well, it it's funny cool to see her as the villain, you know, or, you know, maybe she and, she and Poppy somehow, you know, like if you're going to put her in the movie, give us something completely unexpected. You yeah. Know, give us something that we wouldn't ever see coming.
0: That would have been cool. Um, yeah. Uh, other, are there other deaths in the movie that, um, that we should mention?
1: Well, just the death of Merlin. I mean, just the fact that, oh, God. And, and, it's, and again, he has to charm your socks off in the first one for his death in this one to mean something. Yeah, And, and the fact that they really had some good moments, emotional moments with he and Eggsy, Um, Just, I mean, and the fact that he, and, and they even said it too, like, um, I, I, so when they were talking about Colin Firth's amnesia and, and Hallie Bears, like he needs a a, a, a shocking moment to, to right. re-trigger all that. I thought, oh, shit where this is going to head is that scene in the first movie where Exy's dad jumps on the bomb. Like there's going to be a moment. And I thought Colin Firth would have dementia basically through the whole thing. I was kind of surprised that they they cured him as fast as they did. Wow. I thought we're, we're, literally when she said that, I'm like, Oh shit, what's going to happen is there's going to be a moment just like that where Exy's going to sacrifice him or try to, you know, yeah. And yeah. Merlin's going to step in to take his place. So the fact that that ended up happening anyway, even though it didn't connect to Colin first amnesia, I was like, oh, so when, when Exy stepped on the landmine, I was like, oh shit, like it just hit me. And sure enough, when, when Merlin you know stepped on it and then he said, he's like, you know, this journey started when your father. You know, sacrifice himself for us, and it's like yeah. the least, I, least I could do. And I'm just like, oh man, it just, and then the fact that he was singing John Denver and the whole thing was just oh,
0: so. That was so good.
1: <laughs> I was tearing up. I was just like, God damn it, Mark Strong, you just ah, oh, oh, um, that was good. The, the other death that that was annoying was the death of Roxy. Um, I remember on Io9 prior to this, a lot of the comment sections every time they talked about Kingsman was, you know, if Roxy dies, I'm not going because. She, you know, she was a great character in the first one. She deserved to have more to do in this one. It's weird too,
0: that in some, in some ways, the Merlin character, the Tilda character, like they were built out so well. Yeah. And then uh, things like Roxy, you know, that first scene where she's in, you're like, oh man, this chick is awesome. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And then, and then that's it.
1: Yeah. yeah.
0: (laughs) You know, even like just a moment before her death, she's, being kind of catty with him and mm-hmm. it's it's cool and then
1: uh, yeah that was I, I don't I know she, I, okay i get why she had to die from a story sense like he Exe needed you know they had
0: they had to wipe out all you know all of them right
1: but I give me a little bit more than just her sitting at a table with Michael Ganman, Right. Like give me, I mean, basically right. it was her at the table and her in the bedroom. So like they shot yeah. her on a day. You
0: know? Oh just yeah. Like, yeah. And just seated both times, not even walking around. Like
1: no. And so I'm like, at least make her, if I were to do that over, make her, you know, have her show up to help Exy in the first one, like in that first sequence when he's fighting Charlie, oh, yeah, like have awesome. her roll up on a motorcycle or something and like join the fight, you know, like do something cool that really reminds us how badass she is and then kill her off if you're gonna do that but give her give us something more you know yeah um I was I was a little happy to know that she wasn't because there's a lot of speculation like oh she'll be like the the double agent who betrays Kingsman it's like no, right, no dude, right. don't do that you know and so I'm glad that didn't um that didn't go down I think just having it was it was such a surprise and a delight to see Tildy brought back and fleshed out. Charlie brought back and fleshed out to some degree. Yeah, like that was interesting. It was like what would otherwise be throwaway moments in pre you know, in, in other movies or even James yeah. Bond. Like they're like, no, no, we're gonna we're gonna make this matter. Um, I did like how they brought Colin Firth back. So like again, if we yeah. didn't know that wasn't gonna happen, I, I think let's say they had kept that completely secret. When they, when Eggsy and Merlin are sitting there drinking the whiskey and they're like, we got to go to Kentucky, immediately your mind goes, if you're a fan of the first one, your mind goes, wait a second, that crazy, that crazy uh, violent church was in Kentucky. That's where right. Colin Firth died. Wait a second. Like it started, even if I didn't know Colin Firth was in this movie, my mind would start to kind of go down that path of, I wonder, you know, and so when they show – Um, You know, they show him shaving and then they show how they saved him. It made complete sense. It wasn't like, oh, we're, you know, we're based in Alaska and we just had to fly. Like they're just down the road. You know, they could just literally, they could get there in that amount of time, Um, you know, and the way they saved them work and, you know, just, it all made really good sense. I was glad that they, you know, piece it together.
0: And for whatever reason, like the fact that then, you know, he does that to Pedro Pascal's whiskey character, like, you know, mm-hmm. shoots him in the head and they use this and X uses the same right. device to, you know, stop the wound until they can treat him. It was like that actually kind of legitimized it. Like, oh, yeah. this is actually yeah. a technique that they use. It's not the James Bond, like deus ex machina thing where yeah. it's like, oh, it's yeah. the one secret potion that does it or whatever. Um Yeah, I and to if we're going to play like, you know, fantasy, if we were remaking it or something, I would remake the marketing there and have those trailers have that line where Channing Tatum's like, are you here about the Lepidopterist? Oh, yeah. And then just show them like where the two-way mirror starts to rise up, you know, Mm -hmm. and it's like, oh, who is the Lepidopterist, you know, and then just have it. Granted, they don't hang on to that for too long. But there was a moment there where, you know, even though I knew like Colin, there's a scene of Colin first shaving in a mirror and they're going to mm-hmm. see it when they said lepidopterist. I'm like, what is this weird case that they're working? You know, with yeah, the,
1: yeah.
0: Um, it, they could have, they could have played that out in the marketing a little bit more and made Colin first reveal.
1: Well, it's funny more. though. It- I would have loved that because it was one thing I, as, as sort of as much of an attention to detail horror as I am, the one thing I never put two and two together on until much later in the movie in the first one, his bathroom where his dog is hanging has butterflies all over the wall. And I never once thought like, especially even when they showed, even when they revealed Colin Firth and they showed all the butterflies in his like kind of holding cell, like it never occurred to me. Oh, that's right. That was a thing in the first one until I think it was, I think once Eggsy was trying to, you know, kind of in his final gambit to try to bring his memory back, they showed a bunch of little cuts, you know, cut shots of the of the bathroom and the dog. I was like, of course, that's yeah. that so it's not like that was a stretch either. They really mined the first yeah, one, yeah. To try to connect as much of that tissue as they could, which I really respect.
0: Yeah, they I mean they could that's where this is not an English fast and furious. <laughs> yeah. It's because fast and furious is like the details are fucked up all over the place, like nothing lines up, you know. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um whereas this one really there's it's it it is uh they're (laughs) pardon pardon me using this term but they are fast and furious movies like they (laughs) they just they're wild they go by you know the action moments are so quick but there are those little details all along Mm -hmm. um, and it's just you know it's not like a super brainy movie but it's cool that they do stuff like that because that helps us as fans who are not super brainy but not just you know dull <laughs> action junkies yeah, yeah, yeah um yeah i it, it was it was great you know um there's one <laughs> one scene that you were about to spoil earlier which is about Exy and tilda's relationship
1: oh yeah yeah oh you Where, mean when he's at glastonbury yeah yeah <laughs> yeah yeah so he goes so Eggsy goes to glastonbury to tail basically charlie's girlfriend um needs They need to put plant a bug on her so they can follow her and hopefully have her lead them to Charlie and thus the Golden Circle. So he goes to Glastonbury, which is if you're not if you don't know, it's like this big you know giant. It's basically Coachella in uh, in the UK. And they he finds her and then he seduces her. It's funny. There's that funny little scene where Pedro Pascal tries to seduce her and just comes off like yeah. a creepy old man. And then Eggsy kind of comes to her rescue, he seduces her and then realizes he has the way to plant his bug is he has to have sex with her. Um, or at yeah. least you know, get really intimate with her somehow. And so he calls, he breaks away, and goes and calls Tildy and tells her, "This is what he's about to do." And he's like, "Hey, I, I, I'd rather you find out now than you know after the fact, and and I have to lie to you." It's like I, I got to do this for, I got to do this for queen and country, you know. And it's yeah, and she's yeah. like, "Yeah, no," I, and it's not like she's like, "Well, I guess if you have to." She's legitimately not okay with this. Of and course, yeah, right. Yeah, you know, right. he. Uh, you know, he does the deed as much as he can anyway, and then he's you know, he kind of stops full, you know, before yeah, you know, I think he basically gets to third well, base and then stops, which is an we,
0: it's there's so many things about that. Like, so back to the call, so they're in a tent at Glastonbury, so he goes in the bathroom, which is just separated by a curtain, and then does yeah. like a FaceTime video chat with Tilda, which is yeah, ridiculous, yeah, yeah, but it's it, you know, it like in the moment, I was like, oh, that's just one of those silly Kingsman things, but it actually sort of pays off later because the the distance between them, like the, how she gives him the cold shoulder after that. Like definitely, you know, cause again, I, like, you know, from miles away, you're like, yeah, Tilda's going to, you know, sh- she's going to get the disease infected, whatever. Yeah, um, yeah, There's a scene of her smoking a joint. That's like, clearly like, well, we've never seen that before. Yeah. Um, mm. but that just having that distance between them, because I think it's on that phone call where she's smoking the joint. She is. Yeah. Um, well, no, wait, actually, or is it a that, later one?
1: I think that's later. And I think that's later because no, she's he's trying to call her and text yeah, yeah. her and she's not answering. And then you right. see her smoking. But like she pushes him. She's like, hey, you know, and he, or he says something that's kind of <clears throat> that kind of suggests that he's might my, my ask her to marry him. And he, she's yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah that's right. we need to do that. And he's like, but look, I can't i'm 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 a secret agent like i can't be married to a princess yeah yeah it's a little weird and she's like and so like later on that pays off you know in a pretty awesome way and honestly that last sequence with colin firth kind of you know standing with him before they go out to the wedding like that was they just nailed that too i mean colin firth just well and that's
0: that's exactly what i was talking about earlier in the non-spoiler section where i think that character of like eggsy as like the you know, streetwise kind of punk and then being able to play the role of a English gentleman, like really comes together. Like it's so funny to see him getting dressed for his wedding in the formal Royal attire. And then the first line is like, you know, do I look like a dick?
1: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And I just was like, yep, that's it right there. The marriage of the two is right in that moment of like, now I, your whole character is makes sense to me, Yep, um, Yep. but back to the (laughs) fingering scene. So when Pedro Pascal shows this tiny little condom to Eggsy and explains that the tracking device is on it and it has to be like, you know, in the mucus membrane, I was instantly like, oh, so this is like a finger condom and he has to finger this girl.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's what I thought, too. I
0: I didn't understand at all. That's one of the weird reasons where he was like, I got to make a phone call. like. I mean, not not that you you shouldn't confess to that as a secret agent or something. I just thought, like, well, it's not like you're actually going to have sex with her, right? Um, So it was weird. I don't know because there's even a joke about how the condom is so small, Mm -hmm. um, you know, uh, and why Americans have to drive big trucks because (laughs) whatever. So I, anyway, it was it was just funny that I I you know instantly thought like, well, that's a finger condom, Mm -hmm. and then when it when that moment actually happens, that. Shot from the P- the POV of the yeah 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 was so I like at one it was it was such like a perfect Kingsman shot of being like as vulgar as possible <laughs> yep. and as funny as possible. I, mean, I was laughing out loud as he yeah, keeps yeah. Like tracing down her body. I was like, "Where? Are, no way! No <laughs> yeah, way! Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. <laughs> Just That's... on
0: this side of like pornographic, you know, it doesn't go that far, but man that was i yeah i was i was laughing out loud that was
1: oh so many i mean again the, the first that's that's what made the first one so delightful is just those holy right. shit moments like oh god like and just to see that they haven't shied away from that were there you any know? other
0: holy shit moments that you can point to quickly yes this? Okay. yes
1: um the uh the meat grinder <laughs> oh uh, man
0: that was that was another like mile away kind of call <laughs>
1: Uh, well, I mean, the first time they showed, it, I was like, Oh God. But then like when Peter Pascal was stuffed into it, I'm like, Oh, cause a, a, I'm like, I don't want him to go out that way, but it's, you know, it is what it is. Um, but that was a little, yeah. that was a little shocking. Um, well, there was there's another one. What was the other one? The, the Glastonbury tent. Um, there's one more where I was like, Oh Jesus. Uh, shoot. What was it? Oh, I, Oh, it was when, um, there, the, the camera was panning over the, the, uh, the, the prison cells in the stadium and then they show, <laughs> like <laughs> they just show like the blood just coming out of the person's eyes and orifices just like as they oh, go to stage four like oh of course of course and that just you know that's part for the course at this point in terms of what yeah it does,
0: and does. I, well just just the fact that like there's a stadium on the outside and then just these like stacked high you know single cells for the people the victims of it that honestly if there's anything that went too weird it was that they they made that president so like callous and uncaring. And there was a sort of a line about, you know, from uh, Julianne Moore about how she's like, well, he doesn't care about the citizen, you know? And it, I felt like, you know, that, that time and effort could have been devoted to maybe, maybe, showing a little bit more about poppy's backstory or you know yeah fleshing out her character like we didn't need yeah. another kind of bad
1: guy well it's and Chris that weird, like, too, right so like Chris yeah it's yeah. always like the captain or the you know the, the lead yeah. like the the trusted leader so to see him basically doing his best like george w donald trump impression is like it was just like oh god it was a little well, it, bit yeah a little bit off-putting
0: it just you know kind of comes I mean? out of nowhere where he's like just cruel all of a sudden and, and not that that is it, not something that you know that <laughs> president would be it was just like I, well you know
1: but we I, went from the first one where like actually barack obama was president of the united states and like you know was selling us out to, yeah. to valentine um but we never see his face right it's, but it's clearly him to like all of a sudden we're going to show you the president and he's going to be just a just shitty you know and yeah this other woman who might be his chief of staff it's very unclear who, what her role was yeah. like somehow it gets him in pre- like it just and again part of it is that's how it was in those old bond movies. Like we're not going to sweat those right. details. Like the details you care about are Colin Firth's amnesia and exes relationship. Like all the stuff that really mattered was really focused on the stuff that yeah, like, yeah. I mean, we're not going to eh, at this point, like what's it, who cares about really? I mean, yeah, it, it, it's a little annoying, but like we, we're not going to see, you know, a realistic president portrayed in this way. You know, it's, it's right. Right. It just is. It's just a plot device and we'll move on. Yeah. I didn't, I also didn't quite care for the, like I like that Elton John was the Mark Hamill of this. Oh of my this God! Movie, but I feel like it almost—they <laughs> probably went. They probably did a couple too many things with him. Like it just kind of felt like I, I did. I loved, by the way, the callback. When Colin first, like, if if I save the world, can I have two tickets to your concert? And then he's like, If you save the world, you can have a backstage pass. Just that <laughs> little callback to the first movie was was really fun. Like little things like that. But I don't know, I just I kinda of felt like they leaned a little too heavily on Elton John here and there. But well, yeah, it, it, it was fine. That's a great
0: thing to hear because I actually when when he first appears and it's just like the cameo, I, I think I would have been more annoyed if he was just a cameo. The fact oh, that okay. it turned into him having like a much larger role. Yeah. Was, yeah was great to me. And the fact that like the dogs couldn't attack him. So when he comes out and saves Galahad in that way of like, he just gets in between him and the dog. Yeah. Yeah. With the face. So (laughs) funny. Um, uh, yeah. I, and I, you know, and Elton was like a a really good sport about it. Like it was all really good. So that really, I actually really liked that.
1: He played miserable really well. Um, he did. He played like when he's sitting there, like in between the two dog doors, he's just like all depressed and everything. Like, why am I here? I just, I, I think, I don't know if we needed to see him like do these impossible fight moves, which is, you know, clearly CGI. Right. Like, I don't know. That's, that was probably why I was like a little too far, but you kind of needed, you know, I think they're like, well, let's have him kick some ass too. Right. Like, okay, I, I guess. Yeah.
0: But. Well, and to do it in the seventies outfit with the platform heels, I think. Yeah, it was Yeah. And that was a cool. visual. <laughs> that was the humor for me. Yeah. Yeah,
1: yeah. yeah. I think, but then at just the end of the day too, like how they beat Julianne Moore was a little anticlimactic again all fine all completely fine but i mean i'm nitpicking at this point but just little things i i what i want from the third one is is for them to go okay the second one was the first one on steroids because that's what everybody wanted so here we here you go now the third one we're going to kind of i want them so how do i want to explain this the first one took me somewhere i didn't know where i wanted to go and ended up being one of my favorite places ever the second one just took me back to that same place which right, is great. Right. Like, oh, I've been I want the third one to take me somewhere completely new again like hey come over here like oh my god I had no idea I love this so I don't want to just I don't want to just go back to the same amusement park a third time I want to go to a different one so hopefully yeah. they can they can you know give us no that, that makes sense and
0: uh, yeah and hopefully they've got the statesman and the kingsman in a in a way where they can you know there's not uh, you know I always like it when there's like team up movies
1: <laughs> yeah yeah
0: that's what I'm hoping for in whatever wherever it goes from here.
1: On that note, I yeah. think we've said everything we're going to yeah, say. Yeah, I feel
0: like we wrapped it up in a really good place there.
1: Um, I guess uh, if you want to hear the podcast like this or our other shows, you can find us on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, Pocket Casts, and uh, you can also find us on Twitter and SoundCloud. Our handle is find us there, all one word, all lowercase. And you can also find us on our website findusthere.org you'll find uh, our other shows notes uh, reviews all kinds of fun stuff uh and we're actually in the process of uh, sprucing that up a little bit so findusthere.org uh todd anything else from you
0: no that's it i uh, will next week we'll have another episode and it will probably be coffee and comics that we'll be talking
1: sounds good well it's been a pleasure we'll talk to y'all later